Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, Awareness Explorers. It's great to have you back in our community and family. I'm Jonathan Robinson, and I'm with my trusty co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And the subject today is inquiry. And I don't know what that word means to you, because it's used so much nowadays in spiritual circles. And that's what our subject is, is there's actually five different types of inquiry. We're going to talk about each of them in turn, so that we can do a deep dive into this method and get a little bit of the confusion out of the way and and have everybody have different ideas of inquiry that are more subtle rather than just this one word that can apply to everything. So when I say the word inquiry, Brian, what's the first thing that pops out of your head? Uh, The first thing that pops into my head is the first spiritual technique, in at least in the non-duality field, that I ever learned, which was self-inquiry in the style of Ramana Maharshi or Nisargadatta, where you ask, who am I? And it's about a shift in, in identity to discover your true nature. But many people talk about inquiry in many different ways. That I would call self-inquiry, although I know people who use self-inquiry as a term to ask about your personality and your psychology. And um, that's not what I think of when I think of inquiry. But inquiry also could be many, many things, as you pointed out. So I'm curious to hear your list of the five different types of inquiry. Did you say you had five different ones? Five different types. And you just mentioned the first one. We'll call that one. uh, How about So we have similar definitions, and we know what we're referring to. We'll call that the Ramana Maharshi direct inquiry. Okay. So that form of inquiry is pretty well known, and we'll talk about it a little bit. And as with all these forms of inquiry, there's kind of a superficial way of referring to it. And then there's a deep dive. You know, you can write entire books on direct inquiry, and you can write entire books on Byron Katie's former inquiry, because that's the word she uses to refer to her technique. And then there's what I would call psychological inquiry. I'm a psychotherapist, and a lot of psychotherapists will say, well, let's do some inquiry on that. And they're not referring to Ramana Maharshi, they're referring to something else. And then there's the uh, popular spiritual system, Diamond Heart, that uses the word inquiry to refer to an entirely different technique. And that's a great technique, and we're going to talk about that technique. And then there's what we do here in Awareness Explorers, which could be called intellectual inquiry. You know, asking questions, exploring, and by exploring these things, getting useful information, sometimes getting high together. So there's a lot to inquiry. Let's talk about each one, starting with the big kahuna. Ramana Maharshi Direct Inquiry. And even that one has a lot to it. It's not just who are you or what are you. It's a whole system, really, for discovering your true nature. I know that's been really probably the backbone of your spiritual process, Brian, right? Yeah, exactly right. Even when I was meditating using things like um, binaural beats or something, I would always be meditating on the I or asking you can either ask, who am I, or what am I, or what is this me? So you're looking for the sense of I deep down. So you're shifting your attention from objects, which are the content of your experience, things like the sounds that you hear and the sensations that you feel and the thoughts that appear. These are objects. And asking, to whom or to what do these appear? And by asking the question, you shift your attention 
to the background of awareness. And that's what it's all about, because the background of awareness is really your true nature, not all the things you think you are, like your body, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your personality. Those are all objects, and anything that can be named or conceptualized as an object is known by something other than that object. What is that something? And because that something has no qualities of its own, we can't really conceive of it with the mind, but we can feel our way back into it. My favorite saying is, you can't see it, you can only be it. Yeah, well said. You know, there are subtleties to this method, and the the term who are you or what are you never really did it for me. Uh, what worked for me was slightly different questions based on this technique, such as if you weren't this character that you think you are right now, like a guy doing a podcast, what would be left? If you weren't that, what would be left? Uh, who's aware of that? Those types of questions, which are all in the direct inquiry umbrella, worked better for me. And I think people have to find and toy with the technique a little bit to find what actually helps them to let go of a limited identity and become the background awareness that we really are. Yes, I think you're absolutely right that each person has to try. And then it can be misleading. For example, if you ask, who am I? The mind wants to come up with an answer. Mm -hmm. And the answer is going to be an object. And the point of this inquiry is not to find an answer. The asking of the question is the practice. The asking of the question shifts your attention to what's noticing, from what's noticed to what's noticing. And I think all those other questions that you added are really important to play around with. There's a process known as neti-neti, not this, not this, where anything you can think of as something that you could define yourself as, you ask, okay, what notices that? What is aware of that? And if something, and if it's something that is an object that can be aware of, I'm not that. I must be what's aware of that. Okay, mm -hmm. what is that? And then you come up with a concept for that. And you say, okay, that's a concept. What's aware of that concept? Since I can conceive of it, it must not be what I am. And you just keep going back and back and back until conceptual word-based mind starts to quiet down and you just experience that pure sort of allowing, joyful, free, peaceful beingness. And as I mentioned, as you mentioned, it's really a matter of playing with it until you find what triggers it in you. Because when I do the what is aware of that, I just get in a mind loop that makes me uh, nauseous. <laughs> Whereas there are different ways I do this that work really well for me, you know, such as, can you describe this thing that is hearing? Can you describe this thing that is seen, you know? So there's subtleties to it. And I hope people who may have not connected with the just who are you or what's aware of that play with the subtleties so that they find their personal way in with direct inquiry, because it's a amazing method. It works so quick. It's so direct and it's so effective when you find a way that works for you. It is. And I'm really glad you bring that up. And if you don't mind, I'd love to just dig into that slightly bit more. So you say that basically, what am I or who am I or what is this appearing and doesn't work as well as um, the other questions that you asked. So what is it? What's the difference? Why, why does it work better? What's the experience that makes you feel it works better? You know, it's hard to describe, though some ways of asking that question just get my mind in a loop. And it's not, and a mental loop or mental figuring it out is not the key to this experience. Uh, so that's why the question, what am I, always worked better than who am I? Because right. who am I is like, I'm trying to figure out, well, who am I? You know, what, what am I? What, what is this thing awareness? How would I describe right. it? Right. Um, what is hearing these words? What is talking? You know, it's like that, that, somehow reaches a deeper level of my being that then is helpful. 
Yeah, and I think that's really helpful for people to hear about and to know, because as a guideline, you can ask yourself, okay, is this practice sending me into mental loops? Am I mm -hmm. basically conceptualizing it? Are my answers just more concepts? Is, is my, my conceptual mind getting activated and going into high gear, or is it quieting down as I'm going back into less conceptual, more wordless? And that's your guideline. Yeah. I think, to right. see which one of these works for you, which type of question, how to ask it, does it send you into the mental loops, or does it send you into wordless awareness, more quiet, more peaceful state? Yeah. So hopefully people play with that, they find their path in, um, and then there's all these other forms of inquiry that can also work. And one of them uh, you're probably familiar with, Diamond Heart, which is a spiritual system that's gaining a lot of popularity, uh, the teachings of A.H. Hamas, I believe is how he says his name. And they have different forms of inquiry. Uh, but one of them, which is really unique to their school, is what's called repeated questions. And the questions can be any question. Uh, and the idea is that you repeat the question, you, you take turns asking a question of someone, and when they give an answer, you ask them the same question again, sometimes for like 15, 20 minutes. And the purpose of this form of inquiry is to really shed more light on a subject matter. For example, one question might be, what keeps you from being more vulnerable with people? Or another question might be, what keeps you from being more awake? Or another question might be the opposite way of looking at What's good about being asleep? You know, so there's dozens of questions and they all shed a very bright light on very specific, sometimes obstacles to awakening. And by being more aware of these things, it helps you to let go of them. You can't change something that you're not aware of. So it can be very useful. I thought maybe we'd demonstrate it just for like a minute or two. And people could see what it's like to ask repeated questions and shed a very bright line or shine a very bright light on a very specific inquiry. So, um, Brian, you're going to ask me the question, what keeps me from being vulnerable with people? And I am going to try to be vulnerable and give you whatever answer show up really quickly. Very we'll brave for of a you. minute or two. Yes, it is brave of me. Uh, uh, we'll see if I can actually do it. So uh, we can begin and we'll do it just for a minute or two just to show people what okay. this is like. What keeps you from being vulnerable with people? Um, my sense of humor can do that. Thank you. What keeps you from being vulnerable with people? I'm afraid that if I was vulnerable, you won't like me. Thank you. What keeps you from being vulnerable with people? I like to feel on top or in control. And if I'm vulnerable, I don't get to feel that. Thank you. What keeps you from being vulnerable with people? Um, it's intense and, uh, I shy away from intensity. Thank you. What keeps you from being vulnerable with people? I'm afraid that if I'm vulnerable, that my ego will be dinged. And I like to feel superior or on top or, or just like grounded in ego. Thank you. And I think that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's hard. And, and, it is, and, it, and it's humbling. Yeah. But it, it's, you actually had to be vulnerable in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to a certain extent, um, there's some success there, uh, as well as some insights into yourself, probably. 
Yeah, and those insights, this is a very quick way to get some important insights. You know, you might have to do six months of therapy to learn all that, all those little obstacles to vulnerability, whereas here, you know, it took two minutes. And awareness of your obstacles is the first key to being able to let them go. You can't change what you're not aware of. So coming up with different questions to ask a friend and doing a little process like that can be incredibly useful. I know in the Diamond Heart work, they do that, you know, all day. Sometimes they just pair up, ask different questions. And by the end of the day, people are incredibly high present and have had dozens of insights. Wow. So that's another form of inquiry. And, you know, really at the basis of all these forms of inquiry are questions. And that's the powerful technique is asking really good questions that lead us to either insight or our true nature or changing our view of the of something that's stuck within us. You know, questions are the answer. I wrote a whole book called The Little Book of Big Questions. And that was my first bestseller. And it really came to me when I asked, how can I serve people? And a voice said, this is a true story. A voice said, take notes. And out came 200 questions. And that was the little book of big questions. And that was what led to me first getting on Oprah and the whole thing. So, you know, I think the universe wants us to ask good questions. And that's really a key to our spiritual growth, whether it be director inquiry or diamond heart inquiry or psychological inquiry or Byron Katie inquiry, you know, sure. it's really a desire to explore via the powerful technology of good questions. Yeah. Good questions can really lead you to, um, to deep places, but there's one aspect I wanted to highlight and, and actually in some, uh, recent um, practices that Sanjay Manchanda, who's been on our podcast, was teaching. Um, he said it was important that if you're in an inquiry session and you feel you don't know, that you say, I don't know. And then the facilitator, let's say you're doing a paired inquiry session, the other person would say, can you relax into not knowingness? Mm. Can you allow yourself to not know? And in fact, one of the major forms of, of Zen Buddhism is, is what they call don't know mind or, or beginner's mind, um, where you really don't know the answer. So this is just a caveat. Yes, questions can lead you deep, but sometimes not knowing the answer and being okay with not knowing is even deeper. You know, I just, Totally love that question. Can you relax into not knowing? That question in of itself is is worth like a, a million bucks. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's what I love about questions. Each question is like a different toy or technology that can take us to a really unique place. You know, I know a lot of people who are always trying to figure it out. They might spend 30 years of their life just duck in mental loops to trying to figure it out. And the one question, can you relax into not knowing, would probably take them to a whole new level of, of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And all, each question is a key that unlocks a different lock. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about psychological inquiry. Okay. You know, I'm a psychotherapist, and part of my job is to ask people good questions, such as, you know, when was the first time you felt that? Or, you know, what comes up for you when you think about that? And a lot of times these questions take us to how we were traumatized as a kid so we can unearth that first trauma, look at it, and start to, I don't know, dissect it or unwind it so that it doesn't keep affecting us in our life right now. Now, I know you're not as focused on this type of inquiry because it, it wasn't that helpful for you. And I agree that for some people, it's helpful. Some people, it's not. Um, but there is a whole area now where people are focused on 
trying to let go of trauma. And I think sometimes if something keeps coming up again and again, being able to dig into, okay, how's that start? What's that? What does it bring up? What beliefs did it instigate? How can you let go of it? How can you resolve it? All these are useful psychological techniques that can actually help to clear out significant spiritual obstacles. What do you think? Well, I, I think you're right. And in my case, it was, there was a before and after. And that worked better in the after period and not in the before period. Mm -hmm. the, the, the dividing line was when I said, enough with this idea that there's something wrong with me that needs to be fixed. I'm through with that. I'm done with fixing myself. I am the way I am, and I'm going to totally accept myself. My life changed after that point. So asking mm -hmm. all those questions beforehand were not helpful. But then, once I started accepting myself, then I realized, oh, yes, I can be a little more open to seeing the patterns that repeat themselves and mm -hmm. looking into it a little bit more and not saying, oh, there is this awful flaw of mine, but just seeing it as some characteristic of that Brian character, but not of mm -hmm. the real me, and getting some spaciousness around it and easing it a little bit. And it, and it does help. And you mentioned yourself, and it took me a while to come around to this, but you've talked about it many times on this program of the, the, the two wings. If, if we're the two wings of a plane, only if you only have one wing, you go around in circles. And one wing is the pure, direct, non-dual inquiry into pure awareness. And the other is um, psychological health emotional mm -hmm. health, the ability to interact with people in the actual world in a way that's smooth and loving and confident and healthy. And yeah, some people who are deeply into the deep knowing of themselves as the pure universal consciousness sometimes neglect the other. And yeah, to and, air, and, and the world's detriment. And it still shows up in their life. Exactly. One, one experience I had, which was helpful a while back when I was dealing with a relationship breakup, uh, it was very intense. And as I traveled back, like, why is this so intense? One thing I realized is that it was re-triggering the feeling of drowning that happened to me when I was two. Wow. And... I was having a hard time breathing, and that related back to the drowning. I was actually pronounced dead at that time, and a fireman uh, decided that you know he wasn't going to give up on me, and and uh, ends up I was able to come back to life. But obviously, that left certain trauma in my body, and it was being re-experienced. Once I realized that that was what it was triggering it was much easier to handle the feelings of that breakup. And I was like soon much better. So these, these psychological ways of letting go or being aware of trauma in our past and then hopefully letting it go can be a real boon in our lives nowadays. But that is a very different form of inquiry than some of these spirituals. So it's good to, unfortunately, we have the same word for like five different things. You know, we have the same word for love, for love. I love pizza. I love God. I love uh, awareness. I love people. I love my dog. And they really should be different words. Yes, you're right. They really should be different words. And, but we don't, but we do have the word inquiry. And yeah. it, and it's interesting that it can be used in so many ways some more helpful than others, but also some more helpful depending on what your goal is. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's, if it's emotional health, that's one thing. If it's um, deep spiritual understanding, it's another thing. And my feeling is that emotional health and deep spiritual insight are not mutually exclusive and shouldn't be. Absolutely. Yeah, they should go hand in hand, and um, to be to have deep spiritual insight without emotional or psychological health and well-being 
to me is sort of like, why bother? Right. But in my experience, what leads to the psychological well-being is the deep spiritual insight. But that's just me. Let's talk about another form of inquiry, which is Byron Katie's work. Ah, yes. And we obviously interviewed Byron Katie in one of our episodes, and uh, she has four questions, which are her form of inquiry. Uh, the first question, uh, is it true? So you have an issue come up, and you say, is it true? The second question, can you absolutely know for sure that's true? Third question is, how do you react when, when you think about that way? When and the fourth question, that. or when you believe that, and the fourth, who would you be if you did not believe that or if you did not see that that way? Right. And there's a lot of depth to her work. You can watch our interview of her or read her books. But what I like about her system is, one, it's like systematized. So, you know, you're you're going through a process. And it also kind of has a psychological and a spiritual element to it. You know, at first I thought it was just psychological, but one time when I was talking to Katie, she said, I asked her about that, and she said, well, it's really not psychological because if you didn't believe your thoughts, if you didn't believe what was going through your head so thoroughly, all that's left is pure awareness. So she made that connection between letting go of your psychological interpretation and thoughts and pure awareness in a very elegant method. I think so, too, and I'm so glad you brought that up. It certainly rings a bell. Uh, and I wanted to point out about Byron Katie's method is that often she suggests that you start by judging your neighbor, as she calls it. In other words, my husband should always call when he's going to be late, or whatever. The mm -hmm. shoulds about, and then you say, is it true? Can I be absolutely sure it's true, etc.? And you go through the questions. So this idea that other people should be different than the way they are is the idea, basically, that that's not to be believed, that, that it's mm -hmm. helpful to not believe. Um, and, of course, you can extend that to yourself, too. All the ideas about how you should be uh, or how the world should be in Byron Katie's view, are all false, or at least there is benefit to not believing them or to inquiring into whether they are true or not. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And you can learn more about her at uh, thework.com, and she has a lot of free stuff available online. Um so I want to go into the last form of inquiry that I'm aware of, which I'll call just intellectual inquiry, which is largely what we do on this podcast and what we're doing today. And it really takes two people who are curious, who aren't totally set on their agenda, to explore. Somebody should create a podcast called Awareness Explorers. <laughs> The funny thing is, when you said intellectual in uh, inquiry is what we do on this podcast, I said, really? You could have fooled me. I didn't know that's what we were doing. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think of it that way at all. But you're right. We do, uh, we do have a topic, and we explore the topic from different points of view. So in that sense, but in my view, what we're aiming for is helping our listeners toward an experience of awareness, as opposed to an analysis of awareness, although sometimes we do analyze. So it's not that it's not that we don't, it's not that you're wrong, but it's just so funny that I don't think of it that way. Yeah, we might need another word for it. But whether you're calling direct inquiry or intellectual inquiry, their goal is always the same expanded states of consciousness. It's just the method is you're using different parts of your being. In, in intellectual inquiry, you're using your mind to go beyond the mind. And that's true of a lot of these different approaches. Uh, they start at where we live, which is often at a very superficial intellectual level. And then through questions, you go deeper and deeper until you're in a place that is beyond the mind. Yes. 
I, that description of it really rings true for me. Uh, so I guess we do need another word other than intellectual inquiry, which I can't come up with right at the moment. But even in intellectual inquiry is something that can lead you to deeper truths as long as you are open to the fact that it's not necessarily the conceptual understanding that is your goal. Absolutely. The goal is not an answer. The goal is the, it's kind of like a Zen koan where the you're not trying to answer it in a direct way. You're trying to get to where it's pointing to. Right. So whether it be direct inquiry or, or the so-called intellectual or Byron Katie inquiry, you're trying to point your way back to a depth of experience that is very present expanded and you're kind of in the unknown you're not oh the answer two plus two it's four that that's not the goal of inquiry is to come up with a a answer that just shuts down the question right the perfect analogy is is the age-old finger pointing to the moon right um getting lost in the finger is not the way Look at what what it's pointing to the moon and and maybe in as a matter of fact, maybe that might lead us to a better term other than intellectual uh inquiry you know pointing pointing out inquiry pointers or something along those lines. How about exploratory inquiry? Oh, I like that there we go, yep. We just created a new form of inquiry. And there may be other forms of inquiry that we, I mean, we just talked about five different types. And, you know, you could even say that certain questions are their own form of inquiry. Just like you came up with the question, can you relax into not knowing? And in the Sedona method, they ask certain types of questions, such as, can you let go of this? right now? Or can you welcome it right now? You could call those welcoming forms of inquiry. That's right. And and the, that brings up a whole other point that we didn't make about questions. In Sedona method, they, they say, can, can I let go of wanting approval? They don't yeah. say, let go of wanting approval. Oh, that's true. You, it's not, okay, the instruction isn't let go of wanting the pro- approval. The instruction is, ask yourself, can I let go of wanting approval? And it's a totally different feeling. Maybe the answer is no, not right now. Right. So it's a real inquiry. It's not a command. Right. I'm glad you, you caught that, Brian, because it's in the inquiry that you learn stuff. And sometimes the answer is, no, I can't. Would I be willing to consider possibly in the future letting go of approval? You know, that becomes sure. a whole new inquiry. That's right. <laughs> so it's so many possibilities. If you have an open mind, if you're curious, and you realize the, the value of true exploration and not getting stuck on just simple answers. Yeah. And knowing that sometimes the practice is the questioning itself, yeah. which mm-hmm. shifts the attention and not the answer. Mm-hmm. Any last words about uh, the five five plus forms of inquiry? Well, I'm we sure have... we'll be able to think of others, but I'm really I, I really enjoyed uh, this tour through those five. Or maybe did we end up with six at the end? I'm not sure. Possibly. Um, Yeah, but we we, we, we covered good territory. Something I would encourage our listeners is, you know, if there's a form of inquiry that calls to you, buddy up with someone. I mean, that's largely what we've done on this podcast, Brian, is you and I uh, use the um, exploratory form of inquiry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Occasionally, we use other forms. And the fact that we have this a uh, connection where we can ask these questions and help each other, whether it be the repeated questions of Diamond Heart or the Byron Katie questions or Ramana Maharshi questions, that it really 
works better in twos. When two people are gathered together asking good questions, what results is is one is a oneness of life. <laughs> and so, you know, try to find a friend that you can do this with, that you can uh, explore with, and hopefully to some extent we're inspiring you in that direction just through our podcast and our questions. And we appreciate all the support that we're getting through Patreon. If you want more of what we have to offer, some free stuff, uh, actually it costs about a dollar a month or more, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and we spell out some gifts that we can give. Uh, we really appreciate the support and the emails and the questions. So feel free to ask us questions that we can further explore in the podcast because really when we create a family of explorers, then we all lift each other higher. Yep, absolutely. And I hear that you have a inquiry meditation that can take us higher as well. <laughs> yes, I do. And now we're circling back to the first form that we talked about, sometimes called direct inquiry. I like to think of it as identity inquiry. And uh, so we're just going to play around with that for a while. So, uh, so here goes. One of the basic elements of all awareness practices is the question, as we've talked about. But coming up with an answer isn't the goal of these questions. The questions trigger the looking inward. Asking is the practice. The asking is the practice of awaring. So here's a sample of some questions that will direct you inward. Think the thought, I exist. And notice what that feels like. Then ask yourself, how do I know I exist? See if you can answer that question without words or concepts, but only by noticing the feeling of existing, of being. How do I know I exist? What's the evidence? Outside of thought, what's the evidence? And here's a perfect quick inquiry to point you to your true nature. Ask yourself, who or what is noticing my body? Whoever it is or whatever it is, it's not your body. It's you, yes, but it's not your body. So then, who or what are you? Who or what is noticing your experience? Is there anything you can think of that's not noticed by this mysterious something that notices all of your experience? Anything you can think of or name, including your body, your mind, and your personality, is noticed by something. So it cannot be that something. Or that nothing, if you prefer, since it has no qualities of its own. Anything with qualities can be noticed. What's noticing? I am. Who or what am I? Who notices that? It's an infinite regression. As Rumi puts it in A Community of the Spirit, flow down and down and down in always widening rings of being. And remember, the mind can't really get it. That's not its job. But you can feel into it, play with it, and open to the indescribable source of it all, your own infinite self. 
So here's a more detailed series of direct inquiry questions. We can use these to walk ourselves back to our true selves. First, take a slow, easy, deep breath and relax. Think of your name. Ask yourself, who or what is noticing my name? Ask, is this name me? Or is there something larger that is aware of this name? Is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that? Think of your face. Ask yourself, what's noticing my face? Ask, is this face me? Or is there something else that's aware of my face? Is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that? Think of your body and all of its sensations. Ask yourself, what's noticing my body? Is this body me? Or is there something larger that is aware of this body? Is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that answer? Think of your mind. Ask yourself, what's noticing my mind? Is this mind me? Or is there something larger that is aware of this mind? Is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that answer? Think of your personality. Ask yourself, what's noticing my personality? Who has a personality? Is this personality me? Or is there something larger that's aware of this personality? Is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that? Think of your emotions. Ask yourself, what's noticing my emotions? Ask, are these emotions me? Or is there something larger that is aware of emotions? And is that me? Whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that answer?
Think of your memories. Ask yourself, what's noticing my memories? Are these memories me? Or is there something that is aware of memories? And is that me? And whatever your answer is, ask, who or what is noticing that? And think of all your talents and your abilities and your faults and your flaws and ask yourself, what's noticing my talents, my abilities, my faults, my flaws? Are these attributes me? Or is there something larger that is aware of these talents and flaws and strengths and abilities. Is that me? And whatever answer you come up with, ask, who or what is noticing that? And lastly, think of your sense of me, your sense of yourself. Ask yourself, what's noticing me? What is aware of this sense of myself? Is this sense of me actually me? Or is there something larger that's aware of this? Is that me? And whatever answer you come up with, ask, who or what is aware of that? Simply know that anything about yourself that you can conceive of or name is not you. Why? Because there's something else that's larger or more spacious that's aware of that item. And that larger, spacious, clear, infinite something, which is actually nothing, is your real self, and indeed everyone's real self. And you don't have to believe it, you just have to ask, is it possible that the universal self that is aware of everything through every sensate being is me? It's the I behind my eyes, behind my thoughts, behind my sense of myself, behind my beingness. It is pure beingness. And that's where happiness, peace, and joy live. In that clear, choiceless, loving ground of being, which is already here, already accepting, just waiting to be noticed. Noticed by what? By itself. The unconditional love of pure awareness. In other words, you. I. 
Now take another easy, deep breath. And when it's comfortable, at your own pace, if your eyes were closed, allow them to open. Well, I think you nailed people with direct inquiry. If uh, that didn't get you high, then you might try another method because that was that was really as as good a direct inquiry meditation as you're going to get. Well, thank you. Who is hearing you say that? <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, does you know all these different forms of inquiry are such a a blessing in our lives now, and and when you think about it, none of these really existed a hundred years ago, so yeah. they're they're technologies that in this day and age of incredible amount of distraction and difficulty, I think that they've been given to us by grace to find our way back to freedom. Yeah, and I think that. Uh... People are continually finding new and better ways to point to these, or at least a variety of ways so that different people can see the pointing, because everyone is different, yeah. and different pointers help different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any last thoughts? I like this tour of all the different forms of inquiry. Uh, I really enjoyed going on it with you, so thank you. We were inquiring into inquiry. It doesn't get more infinite than that. <laughs> That's right. It's an infinite regression. Uh-huh. So feel free to email us, contact us, pass us on to your friends and family, and... uh Form inquiry groups amongst you and your family and your friends. And I think uh, like a good virus, inquiry grows, expands, and touches people in ways that lead to good results in life. That's right. So with that, we'll say keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.